The Canadian Cross Country Championships are just over a week away, happening November 26th at the Fort Henry Course in Kingston, Ontario, and I have to say I'm super excited for this. Cross Country, in my opinion, is the best running-based event out there. It's the only one where you're really going to see milers face off against marathoners. It's both a team sport as well as an individual sport. On this week's show, we celebrate all things Canadian Cross Country Championships with interviews featuring reigning cross country champion Ross Proudfoot, voice of the ACTV broadcast Steve Fleck, Julianne Staley chats about rerun, an opportunity for you to help kids get into sports, and Clive Morgan, the race director, will also be on. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. It's been a whirlwind year for Ross Proudfoot. After winning last year's cross-country championship, he came heartbreakingly close to the Olympic 5,000 meter standard in the spring. Ross also picked up and moved out to British Columbia, where he's been training ever since. I caught up with Ross earlier this week. Okay, so to start out, let's uh, let's go back about a year, a little bit under a year right now. And um, I remember watching the race. There's a there's a big pack, and then a couple runners broke away, and uh, it looked like it was going to be one guy's race. But then it was another guy's race. I'm sure you know exactly which race I'm talking about. Uh, walk me through your cross-country nationals last year. Um, yeah, last year was was a good year. It was definitely uh, kind of a competitive field. The first time I think a lot of guys were, were out there. Um, obviously, we were missing a few of the, the big headline guys, Cam Levins and, and Mo and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was nervous and not expecting to win completely. But I knew I was one of the guys to mix it up at the front. Um, I was really just hoping for the best. Um, not having a CIS season last year, first time not having a CIS season, I wasn't really prepared and didn't really know where I was in terms of uh, racing season. So I had only one race in, I think, by the time uh, nationals rolled around. So on the line, I was definitely a little bit more jittery. Um, I was lucky enough that it, it was a good a good pack and nobody really pushed it early. So I was able to kind of sit back there and relax a bit with uh, next to Chuck, and so I wasn't very surprised when uh, he made a push with a K to go or 1,200 to go because um, me and him were kind of uh, relaxed and, and sitting near the back of that, um, just kind of riding the waves. So um, it was awesome to be able to get out there and challenge him, and then um, that last 400 meters with that downhill, um, it really kind of lets you lets you roll. So I was happy to come away with it, obviously. Um, taking a senior national title is amazing, so um, I was just excited. So, I mean, taking a, taking a look at your history, I mean, you won there um, at the OUAs in, in 2014. You also won won there last year. What is it about that course, and and what are the what are the features of the course that that you really appreciate? Uh, well, I think it makes it a good race. It's a it's a solid pack course, so it's really not like a grinder, you know, mud fest where you can kind of have surprises. People can roll on that course. Um, it, it, I mean, just because it's hard pack doesn't mean the track guys are going to win, but it definitely means there's a lot more 1,500-meter-type guys in play um, and guys that run the 5K rather than, you know, recourse that uh, last year had a job to kind of run away as a marathoner in that race. And with that hard pack ground, even though it was kind of a muddy year last year, spikes are getting in there. You're not going to lose a lot of energy on, you know, that, um, that grass that really just kind of like you sink into. Um, so as long as it's windy and no one can really front run, it does uh, become kind of a, a last two or three K type race. And, and I think that's, uh, that's my strong suit in terms of, you know, being kind of a, a 3000 meter, 5,000 meter, uh, 15 specialist. So 
Um, you know, it's good and it makes for an exciting race because it, it tends to be pretty hot at the back end of that race and the back end of that course is it runs pretty well downhill. So it's always a good last kilometer to the finish. Taking a look at the uh, competitors, uh, not a whole lot of registrations have come in yet, but uh, some one of the notable ones that has come in is uh, is Matt Hughes. Um, I'm sure Luke Burchette will be there. Uh, CPT will will be there. I believe he's confirmed that now. Uh, you know, taking a look at the competitors, how are how are you feeling about this one this year? Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm fair right now. I've uh, been missing a little bit of time, kind of nursing some small stuff, but. Yeah, I was super, super confident after BC Champs. Um, you know, I was thinking, you know, this is my race to lose. Um, things were on the up and up coming out here to Victoria. Training was going well. Um, so, you know, I was thinking it was mine to lose, and I'm, I'm still hoping it's mine to lose. Um, Hughes will be someone new to race. I'm glad he's coming out. It'll be good having, you know, a stud like that in the field. Um, not sure the last time he ran across. Um, that was NTAs a couple years ago. But uh, I'm excited to see kind of where he's at. I have no idea where he'd be in terms of training and stuff like that. I know CPT always loves to mix it up with cross, and, and he, he treats the base season in the fall like a, like a true season. So I know he'll be uh, done in. And, uh, and Luke will obviously be a lot more a lot fitter and, and looking to do uh, a bit more mixing up at the front than he was at BC. So um, it should be excited. I know those players come to play, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a good grind. It's going to be a fun 10K. One of the big stories, uh, you know, on on the line here at this year's uh, cross country championships is that ticket to go uh, and and run worlds. Is that uh, something that's on the table for you? Uh, if if you qualify for that, um, I haven't really sat down and talked to, to Dave about it. Um, I know kind of where most track coaches are going to stand on that. You know, going to going to Africa in the in the early spring and uh, you know needing shots, a lot of travel. And, and not being able to really dial in on that, that 1,500 or that 5K races uh, come summer. Um, Peyton Jordan's usually a pretty highlight opening race, um, you know, the end of end of April. So, yeah, trying to target a 5K like that doesn't doesn't look like I'd uh, be looking to go to Worlds, but um, I haven't even talked to Dave about it yet, but I'm, I'm going to assume I'll probably take a pass on it. Dave Scott Thomas, uh, who you just referenced, is, of course, the, the coach at Speed River uh, as well as at the University of Guelph. Um, I guess it was a little bit of a surprise this year to uh, to see the Griffins uh, in 10th place on the men's side. I feel like it's very important to uh, to mention that, of course, the uh, the women won again. What is it about that culture at Guelph and, and how quickly do you think that men's team is going to be back on top of the, on top of the ranks in, in U Sports? Well, I mean, everyone in Guelph just kind of knows how to work. Cross country's got, yeah, that, like, dig in and grind culture there. Um, I mean, it's been a builder year. We've had some younger guys, and some younger guys, you know, can have some, some rougher races. And, and they got a good group of young guys that are pretty talented, a lot of 830-type, 3,000-meter uh, guys on, uh, on the men's side. So, I mean, those are guys that come second or third year. They could have been, you know, big players this year, I think, a couple of them. You know, maybe didn't have the CIs they wanted to, but definitely, you know, come second and third year, those are going to be guys we'll see on the track, you know, trying to break 820 this year. So um, they'll be players. Um, that team will be back soon. Uh, I know ninth is quite a ways back there, but, you know, uh, rough race there with such a tight field this year. I mean, going in and talking to some of the guys, really, you know, anywhere from, you know, second back to kind of eighth seemed wide open for any team. Um, I know Laval was the favorite going in, but 
beyond that, a, a lot of the teams kind of you didn't really know where they're going to end up. So, um, with that culture, that dig in, that aerobic work, uh, they'll be back, and they've got that that, that youth and that talent to, to bring it back in the next couple of years. So it should be exciting. It's uh, it's really been, um, I guess, a year of ups and downs for you. Um, I think, I think I, I speak for most people and say that uh, that you know we were we were kind of we were kind of sad to see you miss that Olympic five thousand meter qualifier uh, after coming so so close. Um, what's what's the plan? I mean, you mentioned um, you know the Peyton Jordan next year. You know, are you hoping to maybe hit a qualifier and go to the World Championships next year? Yeah, I mean, Worlds is definitely the goal this year. Um, I know I had this stuff last year to get Olympics in the five, and, and I still think I got the stuff in the 15 as well. Um, I mean, the 5K, it's always good to kind of pick some hot races like Peyton Jordan where you know if you can get into that A section, you're going to be mixing it up in a quick race. People tend to really go for it in the fives because they don't run as many um, every year. So uh, definitely be looking at races like Peyton and a few other uh, hot, hot sections to get in and, and try to run that A standard in the five, but um, definitely not chasing, you know, the same way I did last year, running six 5Ks or anything like that. I, I think I learned my lesson, you know, trying to race every two weeks. So definitely picking my battles there in the five and hopefully, um, you know, work that speed, have a healthy winter that I didn't have last year and, and be able to really wheel off the back of 15s and that'll only help the five. So hopefully big things to come in both events. I mean, I'd love to hit a standard in both. I think it's doable. It's, um, you know, a matter of, you know, getting there, getting to that fitness, and then finding the race. So hopefully everything kind of lines up and the stars align, and, and that can happen this year. Talking to Ross Proudfoot right now, you can find him on Twitter at Running Proud. Um, earlier this year, you, you moved out west to Victoria, as you mentioned, uh, I believe, with the AC West Hub. Uh, how has that been going for you? Uh, you know, what's it, what's it like out there? It's good. Uh, a little bit of rain right now. I've been battling through some gray skies the past month or so, but... Yeah, I came out here. It was awesome. I mean, uh, the weather's conducive to running. There's soft surface everywhere. Heather Henniger has been great, and I've been able to hop in workouts with uh, Rob Deneau and, and, you know, uh, run through that whole group. Um, it's been great. Lead up to BC's was amazing, injury-free, stuff like that. So really, like, the whole IST and everything and just hopping in over here has been been great. Um Moving forward, it's going to be going to be awesome working uh, long distance with Dave. So I'm staying Speed River, and then having Heather on site, and then training with Rob whenever I can, and matching up like that. Um, hopefully, stay healthy this winter again with the soft surface and everything. I'm just hoping that the 400 meter track and so the 200 meter track kind of keeps me keeps me going till outdoors. So uh, I couldn't have hoped for a better kind of you know move away from home and, and not really knowing what to expect when I got out here. Um, I know they have a have a great facility here they have a great ist and i knew everything had uh had great working parts but to finally come out here and you know and open up and have a great race at bc's uh just kind of showed me you know if i can put my head down you know you can you can make it work anywhere and, and here's a it's a great spot to go uh into 2017 so i'm excited to be here and and just keep plugging away until track You've mentioned BCs a couple times, and uh, and one thing that I think is interesting that that once you're post collegiate, there's actually not a whole lot of uh, cross country races for for you to hop into. Uh, do you, do you think that uh, that that BC race was enough to get you ready for uh, for Kingston? And uh, you know, do you think that maybe in in a more perfect world that there would be more post collegiate cross country races? Yeah, I'm, I think it's enough. I mean, last year it was the same thing. We uh, we had one trip down to Boston and, and raced one post-collegiate uh, 
race there as a Speed River team, which was great, and, and that led well well enough in the Nationals. You know, I was definitely ready to go then. So um, I think the same story will be will be true this year. BC's was a competitive field. Um, I mean, it's tough not having those those races kind of to key off like you do when you're in uh, university. But, you know, there, there really obviously isn't a lot of money in cross, and we, we all wish that, you know, you'd have some high-end races with, you know, enough payday to bring people in. Um, I was trying to find a couple in Seattle and, and Washington area, but, yeah, there's really nothing except for on the road. So um, I count myself lucky to get on the on the cross-country course at least once with BC, you know, and try to – the spikes out on on that kind of terrain rather than hitting the roads too many times. So um, I'm glad I was in the spikes, and I think it'll be enough. So we'll see next week, and hopefully it is. I think I, I saw you a little bit earlier this summer. Um, it was at 1500-meter night where they were celebrating Dave Bailey's uh, the 50th anniversary of the first Canadian sub-four-minute mile. Um, you were there. Uh, I believe a whole bunch of other uh, sub-four-minute milers, Canadian milers were there. What was that like to be amongst that crowd of, of just, you know, legendary names? It was really cool. I mean, I'm not a huge stats man, and I'd, I'd heard some of the names before and, and stuff like that, but definitely didn't know any of their stories kind of intimately. So getting in there and actually being able to talk to everyone was, was cool. I mean, knowing that you're, you're in that elite group of, I think it was like 50 or 60 runners that have ever done it. And then just kind of hearing what people used to run on, you know, like cinders, three fifty sixes and stuff from the seventies, stuff like that just kind of puts everything into perspective. Um, and then everyone being a middle distance runner was really cool. Like having everybody in the room that really respected and understood kind of that 1500 meters, that mile distance. Um, you know, a lot of people do, they, they really talk about the distance, the marathon and that type of stuff where you're talking about the hundred meter, but everyone in the room was, you know, they were there for the mile, they were there for the 1500 type race. So it was really cool to just kind of see how people's careers went and talk to fans of, of middle distance running that, that you don't too often see. So um, it was cool. And then you had to go out and watch some fast 15 too. I mean, the 1500 nights always a huge race day in Ontario and you, you know, you see every high school kid out there PBing and, and the top sessions always hot. So it was good to go watch friends too and stuff after and not, not have to worry about racing, you know, just, just be there to have a good time and be honored. So it was awesome. Mm-hmm. As of, as of the release date of this show, it'll be a little over a week to go until Cross Country Nationals um, 2016 edition. What's what's the plan between now and then? Um, honestly, stay healthy. Um, nursing some small stuff, little Achilles wobble right now. So just trying to get that maintenance mile. Um, I had a big workout in yesterday, and it, everything's a little bit hot from that. But just, you know, rolling through, haze in the barn. Um you know, with a week left, week and a half left, it's it's really about just making sure that I'm feeling smooth, everything's rolling, I'm biomechanically sound, and, and I'm getting in those, you know, aerobic maintenance miles that are just going to let me taper in and, and feel sharp on the day. So, um, you know, really looking forward to coming home to Ontario for, for the week and, and getting ready for that race. So it'll be good. He is the reigning uh, national champion, uh, here in Canada. He is Ross Proudfoot. You can find him on Twitter at Running Proud. Be sure to go, to go out next weekend, watch him in Kingston. Uh, I'll be there. I'll definitely be cheering you on from, uh, from behind the mic. And, uh, and best of luck, and thanks a lot for being on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I look forward to Nationals, and hopefully there's a bunch of fans there, and it's a good time. So thanks.
Seafleck has been the voice of road races, bicycle races, and triathlons alike, but I'm going to bet that you know him best as the voice of Athletics Canada's web stream during the cross-country season. Steve will be there next Saturday, and we touched base with him a little earlier this week. Okay, so so one thing I want to start with is uh, is a tweet from Matt Hughes that uh, I saw just a couple weeks ago. Said, sorry, at Steve Fleck, that's you. Uh, wish I could have seen this earlier. Sheila and I thought it was great hearing your iconic voice again. It brought chills. Sheila, in this case, is Sheila Reed. Um, Matt Hughes was at OFSA. You were at OFSA as well. Uh, maybe explain what what is your relationship with uh, with Matt Hughes and, and where did this tweet come from? I'm uh, I'm not really sure, Michael. <laughs> I had uh, I had been working uh, doing the live commentary for Athletics Canada at uh, at the OFSA Championships uh, a couple of weeks ago for uh, uh, for AthleticsCanada.tv ACTV their uh, live streaming uh, broadcast for OFSA, and uh, I had I had known that both uh, Matt and, and Sheila were there, and I was hoping to. Uh, to get an interview with them, and uh, unfortunately we couldn't uh, we couldn't hook up. They were busy with uh, sponsor uh, obligations uh, with uh, Nike Canada. Uh, Nike does a great job at uh, at Offsa with uh, the promotion uh, and the support of the the meet, uh, and also their uh, great sponsorship of uh, Athletics Canada. So we couldn't meet up, but I'm I'm assuming, and I've never actually formally met uh, either Matt or, or or Sheila, but I'm assuming they've they've heard my commentary uh, that I've done previously on uh, on ACTV. I, I do want to talk a little more about ACTV because it, I think it's it's pretty exciting, you know, having all these great uh, cross country meets in, in one place. I believe Offsa was on there. Um, I think CIS TV or the CIS or U Sports, I guess, uh, final was on there. But you are connected to a lot of those ACTV uh, events. Talk to me uh, about that and 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 how that's going. Well, it's it's an emerging, uh, you know, technology and way for for people to access and view these uh, these sorts of meets, Michael. I mean, let's let's be clear. I mean, there's very limited amount of of this this sport at this level that's going to be on network television, and you're 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 not going to get to see this on, you know, either network TV, CBC, or or, or cable in Canada. And and so the live streaming services that have sprung up and, and Runner Space is the, is the partner that uh, that Athletics Canada works very closely with uh, to provide this great uh, service. Uh, it, it's sort of a mid ground. I mean, <laughs> we try to give some level of, of professionalism and polish to the broadcast uh, or, or narrow cast as they call it. But we you know we can't do what you know CBC or a network. Uh, uh, you know, television uh, broadcast would do, and you know, if people tune in and they're expecting that, then you know what, like what they saw, mm-hmm. you know, when they were watching track and field or athletics at the Olympic Games, uh, they might be a bit disappointed. But it's a bit, it, but it's much better than someone just holding up, uh, you know, their iPhone and and recording raw uh, raw video. I mean, we have interviews, live, you know, commentary, you know, of the of the meets or or, or the races with with experts who know. Um, you know what they're what they're talking about, and can provide that uh, information and drama uh, that it's appropriate for uh, for the level of the meets and, and the race. 
So one thing that I really wanted to talk to you, it's, it's the entire theme of the show, is, uh, is Nationals ca- Cross Country. Uh, you will be there. You'll be announcing for, for ACTV, which I'm sure you know a lot of people are, are happy about, uh, knowing that there will be a familiar face uh, making that call on, on their TV sets or on their, on their laptops. What kind of preparation goes into uh, something like Nationals? Well, we, we, a lot of the work uh, is, is the runner space uh, people, you know, who provide the, uh, the, the technical expertise behind the scenes. A lot of the, the work is, is, is up to them. And it's great that, um, that we've got uh, meets like uh, the National Cross Country Championships in Kingston for a number of years stretch. So last year was the first time we were there. There was a, a, a number of technical issues that had to get worked out, camera angles, where do we put stuff, you know, Wi-Fi access, you know, all those sorts of things. So we were able to troubleshoot all of that last year. And this year it'll, it'll be much more sort of smoother running. A great thing, and this is a variable, a, but a great thing about the um, the course that they have there at uh, at Fort Henry in Kingston is that is the sight lines are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You can see pretty much the whole the whole of the loop from a couple of key strategic vantage points, you know, up on that hill where the where the course is, as you know, and and with appropriate placement of of cameras. Uh, you can see probably you know 80% of the loop, which is fantastic. Either the 2K loop or the 2.5K loop that they're using. So, so that's that's that part of the work is uh, the technical side of it. I mean, what I do is I just try to uh, you know research as much as I can the, the entrants who are in you know in the races, who's won what. Uh, a lot of this is stored in you know my <laughs> my memory bank uh, you know in my brain, but I do try to make some some notes, uh, you know, for myself, either mentally or, or you know, physical notes on, on paper uh, to know who the race favorites are. Uh, the entries are starting to fill in. I was just on the, um, uh, the tracky uh, registration page, and uh, entries are starting to fill in. I'm uh, typical with a big meet like this. There'll probably um, be a big surge in entries, uh, you know, next week. So, for example, Rachel Hanna, who I know is racing, uh, her name's not on the registration uh, uh, list. So um, I won't really start to address that until later in the week next week when the entries start to to fill up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Taking a look at, at uh, some of the senior field, as you mentioned, uh, Rachel Hanna earlier mentioned, Matt Hughes, uh, CPT will be there, uh, Emily Setlack, just a, a whole bunch of really, really great names are going to be there. I know this is something that we've talked about in the past, when you have such a great field that promises to be such a great race, what can a quality announcer add to that? What, what is the difference between a great race with, say, no announcing or a poor announcer and a great race with a great announcer? Well, the athletes, the athletes really make this, Michael. That's my belief is, is they make the, the drama and the excitement and the announcer, the announcer adds to that. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the, the gentleman who really shaped and formed a lot of, you know, what I try to bring to this. And this was the great uh, track announcer that, uh, that CBC used for, for years. Unfortunately, he's, he passed away a number of years ago, Jeff Gowan, who mm-hmm. uh, did the, the sort of the color commentary for, uh, for the Olympics and the world championships for CBC for a long, long time. And, and Jeff was great in that he was, he, he brought that excitement, but he was also very sparing um, as well. You, you, you don't want to get in, in a way of the action or the drama 
you want to add just enough to uh, you know give the the listener, the watcher, the viewer uh, a bit of depth of information, and then maybe add to the uh, you know add to the excitement a little bit. As I said, the racers make the race. I mean, if it's a runaway victory for you know for one athlete, it, I, I must confess, you know, selfishly, it's not that exciting. <laughs> uh, but if we have high drama, you know, right up until the final, uh, you know, hundred meters, I mean, that's that's the the epitome of a great uh, and exciting event. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You you've called uh, a bunch of different things, including triathlons, uh, cross country, um, just just a whole bunch of different sports. What's what's the favorite moment? What's the standout moment from your career? Um, you know, of a real athletic achievement. Oh, it's hard to know. I'm I'm you know it's so as you mentioned, and thank you for uh, for mentioning that, Michael. I mean, I do like a whole range of events from you know in top level cycling to. Um, athletics, track and field, cross country, um, triathlon as well. I, I mean, I love the, the competition. As I said, I mean, the best, the best race for me, whether it's a bike race, a triathlon, um, or a cycling event, it, when it comes down to that final hundred meters, and you know, the you, you the best comes out, you know, in athletes uh, when it's all in that context. And so, but that's at the elite end of the field. But there's a whole there's whole stories you know going on in the in the back part of the field, particularly in these large sort of participatory uh, events. And I, I'll just share with you one little sort of anecdote from a, a triathlon that I worked at this year. Is that uh, you know there was there was about a thousand people in the triathlon, but everyone had pretty much gone home, and the last finisher was was just coming in and across the finish line. There might have been ten people left there, and the event staff was still there, so we kept the sound system going. And, uh, you know, we kept the music going and all the 10 people who were left there, we, we basically ran in the final like 50 meters with this woman. Hmm. And I had the microphone, I had a mobile mic in my hand. I was cheering her in and bringing her across the line. And she gets across the finish line. She turns and hugs me and she's got tears running down her face. And she says, this is the best day of my life. Hmm. And I just, I, I got kind of, you know, emotional about it because, that's not a super elite athlete, you know, winning a, an Olympic, you know, medal. This is a woman, I don't know what her challenges were in terms of getting to that start line and getting to that finish line. But clearly that was a, a high point for her. I mean, she stated to me, you know, quite clearly it was the best day of her life. I'm talking to Steve Fleck right now. He will have the uh, call on the, on the AC uh, TV feed uh, coming from Kingston next weekend. You can find him on Twitter at Steve Fleck. Um, I have to know, with that favorite moment, was it also your favorite call? And, and if not, what, what has been your favorite call? Well, I, that was clearly one of them, Michael. I, I don't know. There's been, there's been so many of the, um, you know, the great races that, uh, you know, that I've, I've uh, had witness uh, to. There was uh, um, uh, the Centurion Grand Fondo event uh, a couple of years ago. It came down to uh, a photo finish and uh, the two <clears throat> um, the two uh, riders uh, who came into the finish line, they were separated by less than the width of a bike tire. Like mm-hmm. they had to go to the thousandth, I think, or ten thousandths of a second to sort of separate it out. I, I mean, when you don't even know who won <laughs> when they got across the finish line, that's sort of the, the, the pinnacle of it all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
coming up to coming up to nationals i just want to touch on that that one more time um obviously you you must have a great uh knowledge of the sport uh know a lot of the people in the race um have you have you kind of picked your your favorites for the senior race well, I think you may have already mentioned, you know, one on the men's side. I mean, Matt Hughes, Matt, um, to the best of my knowledge, has not contested the uh, um, the men's, you know, senior uh, cross-country championships for a few years now. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. And, of course, you know, being a steeplechaser, I, I mean, steeplechase is the cross-country event on the track. And Matt had a great, you know, a great uh, year this year. He had fantastic uh, Olympic Games and a very – you know, deep and competitive uh, event worldwide. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, he would be my favorite, you know, going in. Uh, but as I said, it remains to be seen. Here we are uh, just over a week and a half to go. And there's not that many men who have, you know, who have entered uh, the race yet. So it remains to be seen who is actually going to be towing the line. Um, you know, Ross Proudfoot, the defending champion, you know, Ross uh, uh, had a great run, you know this. Uh, you know this season uh, in trying to get the Olympic standard in in the 5,000 meters, as you know, and and he ultimately pulled up a little bit short. So mentally, I, I know Ross was down after that, but uh, he's moved out to uh, to the West Coast. New training environment for him. Um, my understanding is he's pretty fit. You know, at this time of the year, so uh, I expect a great race from Ross. Uh, as I said, the rest of the men, it really remains to be seen who shows up. Um, and uh, and toes the line you know over on the women's side i mean rachel hannah's back uh sasha gaulish is having a great uh fall she just came within you know a short bit of time of setting the the uh women's uh, uh national best for the half marathon you know uh, distance on the road so so sasha's very fit she had a great run at the national championships last year but again we, we don't know who is you know going to be in the race at this point one thing that, that I also want to touch on is uh, I would think to be a really good uh, race announcer, you have to have a certain amount of empathy for the people on the course, uh, you know, to know what they're feeling. What, what's, your, what's your own, uh, you know, athletic involvement? You know, how, how do you get out there? Are you on the roads? Are you on the bike? Uh, you know, what's your deal? Well, I was, uh, I was a, a runner. I started off uh, back in that sort of... Uh, big sort of boom of, of sort of distance running, uh, you know, in the, in the mid to late 1970s, ran high school track, cross country sort of offs. I was, I was okay. I wasn't, I was never one of the greats. Uh, I, I think the best finish, I had a couple of, you know, top tens at the national championships in the, um, in, uh, in athletics in the, in the steeplechase. Uh, myself, so I'm, that's why I'm a bit fond of uh, Matt Hughes. Sort of steeplechase was my my event when I was running uh, younger. Um, so I, you know, I was I was good, but I was never sort of like you know at the really like the super sort of elite level. So you know, but I always was hanging out and training with those those sorts of people. And it was the same in triathlon. After you know running, I moved on to triathlon, and and I was you know you never like to brag, but I was I was pretty good you know as as a triathlete, but I was not you know. Canadian champion. I mean, you know, Simon Whitfield came a few years after I sort of, you know, got out of the sport, but like I was never at sort of Simon's, uh, you know, Simon's level. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I have, I think I'm kind of in that middle ground in that I know what it goes, what goes into the training because I did a lot of that same training. Um, and I know because I've been around, you know, athletes, you know, at that level, you know, pretty much my whole life since I was, you know, in my mid teens, 
um, I, I kind of know what makes them tick and, you know, both physically and, and, and mentally. And I think that that's a help for me, you know, as, as an announcer, because I know what's, I know what the training is they've gone through to get to the starting line. I know what they're going through on the race course. And I know mentally what, you know, they're thinking and the kind of conversations they're having inside their head and the conversations they're having with their, their coach and other, um, you know, people who are supporting them around them. For sure. For sure. One one last thing I, I want to know if, uh, if someone's looking to get in contact you with you, um, whether to, you know, announce an event or, or whatever the case may be, uh, how can they do that, Steve? Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, they can, uh, they can reach out to me uh, via Twitter, Michael, and I'm always, uh, you know, open to uh, to talking to new events, uh, races, uh, Grand Fondos on the bike side, anything sort of big and large like that. I, I worked over 35 um, races and events this year. The the National Cross Country Championships will be my last event for uh, for 2016. I'm already uh, I'm already booking in uh, events, uh, races, and meets for uh, for 2017. They can reach me via Twitter. Um, or on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm easy to find on, on LinkedIn as well. He is Steve Fleck, and he will be the voice of the Athletics Canada TV coverage of the cross-country um, national championship, which will be happening next Saturday, about a week from the, from the release date of, of this podcast. Thanks a lot for, for your time and for uh, showing up on the show today, Steve. My pleasure, Michael. Thank you very much. You probably know Julianne Staley best as a fantastic runner with real cross-country credentials. What you may not know is that she is also one of the driving forces behind an organization that collects shoes to help get and keep local youths in sport. The Rerun Shoe Project will have a drop-off center at this year's championship. To get more details, I chatted with Julianne. Okay, so I, I have to know the basics. What is the Rerun Shoe Project? So the Rerun Shoe Project, uh, it's a local organization that um, co-organizer Curtis Marlowe and myself um, that we've been organizing. So basically it uh, came from the idea of that runners in Kingston, local community, have a lot of shoes. And um, as a runner, you're going through plenty of shoes throughout the year. So um, I just noticed even myself, like we have... Um, I guess a pile that of shoes that can still be worn, but um, for mileage purposes that, you know, they're retired, I guess, at this point. So the Run Shoe Project, um, we collect, yeah, lightly used shoes from runners and donate these to local youth sport organizations in the uh, Kingston community. Um, and then hopefully uh, this will give a chance to those underprivileged youth who maybe don't have the opportunity to play sports and um, just kind of as a way for them to get involved and have the have the resources they need to, to do that. So so from what I understand, uh, you're going to be at Cross Country Nationals um, just a week away from now. Uh, kind of kind of let us know where, where are you going to be on the course and, and, um, and more of the details surrounding uh, your Cross Country Nationals event. Absolutely. So we'll be stationed um, right up, yeah, right up on the course there, uh, kind of by the turnaround point there. It'll be um, beside the Health and Focus um, Massage Therapy Tent, which is right close to the Nancer's Tent as well. So um, you'll see our logo, big white banner that's set up, and then there'll be um, bins that you can drop off your shoes in. And then we'll also have a ballot box as well for um, people and athletes put their names in for a draw prize um, as well as um, your address just so we can send off our little token of thanks um, for donating so 
So I, I'm kind of interested. What what are the uh, specific organizations that that Rerun has helped out so far? So we've partnered. Our main partner actually right now is the Boys and Girls Club of Kingston. So um, most of our shoes have gone there. They have uh, two locations, two main locations on the downtown and in the West End. So. Um, most of our donations have gone there, um, but we've also reached out to Q-Jump, um, and that was the first organization that I have um, donated my shoes to, and that's a Queen's, um, also nonprofit, um, targeting underprivileged high school students. So we've also donated um, a fair amount of shoes to them as well, and we're looking to kind of expand a little bit more and all depending on how many shoes we collect at nationals, um, yeah, we'll be reaching out to other organizations as well who can who can make use of them. Well, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that actually because I noticed that you guys have done a couple of drives in the past. What has the response been like? Um, the response has been great. Um, for the most part, it's been local races that we've been at. Um, our best donation so far was the Redendale Ramble um, this past summer. Uh, just outside of Kingston, um, and that was that was great. A lot of local runners have come, and a lot of people from out of town as well have brought shoes. So we're hoping anyone who's coming from, um, I guess, all across Canada to have an extra bag on their carry-on or to bring as many shoes as they can to donate. Um, but yeah, no, we've had we've had a great response rate from. Um, several uh, races but we've only started just this past spring so um, it's still pretty new and still pretty up and coming i have to say that that this project is is a really great thing i i kind of want to know what your your personal motivation and convictions attached to this project are yeah so really how it started and as i said it was it kind of came out of um last spring i had donated um to q jump it was I, that was the first time I've heard of it, and they were looking for used running shoes. And once I started emptying um, the shelves in the closet, I realized really how many shoes, pair of shoes I had. And most of them, like, they look pretty much brand new. So I just couldn't believe that. And knowing the, the type of community of runners we have here in Kingston, I know there must be so many pairs of shoes that um, that are just kind of kicking around that could still be used. So as, as kind of like we say, I guess a little catchphrase, but... Um, just to give your shoes another life to improve the lives of others. I think it's so important that we can um, kind of pay it forward and, um, yeah, just be able to just to give back to the community. So that's kind of where it sparked out from. And um, it's also carried over through to um, through with New Balance. They have a uh, New Balance Gives Back initiative. So in the wintertime, and this coming December, I'll be doing it again, but they donate $500 worth of shoes um, for all of their athletes to give out to an organization of their choice um, during Christmas. So that's also a great um, a great incentive as well. And those are new shoes that um, get donated. So that was also um, a part of the spark to this project. So, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. So uh, I want to know what happens after Cross Country Nationals. What are the future plans for, for Rerun? Well, hopefully we'll we'll make it as big as we possibly can. But it would be it would be amazing if we could see this happening in other um, communities um, across Ontario and possibly even across Canada as well. Because um, as far as I know, there's not really any local ongoing initiatives at races on a continuous basis where people can drop off their shoes. So, um, and especially the the fact that it can be a locally run. Um, 
organization where the shoes that are donated, they go right back into the community because I, I do know that there is organizations where you can be shipping shoes across the world. And, and I think that's awesome. But um, there, there are people that can use these shoes just um, who are neighbors and, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to spend lots of money to ship them across seas. So I think it's, it'd be great to see this expand. Um, yeah. Provincially, maybe even nationally as well. So we're, we're still in the, in the making right now, trying to figure out, um, I guess the logistics of it and where we can take it, but we're really happy with everything we've uh, got going so far. So it's pretty exciting. I think I'd lose all credibility as a as a running podcast if I didn't ask about your your own race at uh, nationals. You just ran the uh, the U Sports Championships race. Um, I kind of want to know where's your season at. What's what's your plan for for your national race? Yeah, so. Um, that capped off uh, my five years at Queen's, so pretty emotional and yeah, lots of uh, lots of excitement that weekend as well. Um, but I definitely have another race to come, so some unfinished business for sure. And I'm really looking forward. Just home course, hometown here in Kingston, and um, it's so it's so exciting that we get to host nationals here. So um, yeah, I mean, being uh, a world year as well, there's going to be I'm sure a lot of girls going to the top 10. So I'm I'm only excited to get out there and see what I can do. And over 10K as well, I think it might change up um, the race a little bit. And um, it'll be an opportunity to kind of gut it out till the end. And uh, yeah, just kind of uh, one last shot before um, the cross-country season ends this year. And just one more time for the, for the people coming out, um, you know, just, just the, the bare details of, of how they, they can get involved with rerun at the Cross Country Nationals. For sure. So bring any shoes that you have, um, bring them to the course. We'll be there all day on race day um, from about 9 a.m. to about 3 p.m. Um, stationed right beside the health and focus massage therapy tent. Um, we'll be making announcements throughout the entire day um, so that people know where to come, where to donate, and you'll also get a chance to um, get your name in a prize as well, just as a little thank you from us for, for donating. So hopefully everyone um, yeah, can bring a couple pairs of shoes and we'll definitely be able to make a difference. Well, I have to say that this is uh, this is truly a, a great organization. Um, I myself spent uh, quite a few years at, as a camp counselor at a, a camp for underprivileged children, and uh, I've definitely seen the need for for these kids to have have good footwear to get into sports and and even just day to day. So, um, you know, I I thank you a lot for for putting this this sort of thing on, and thanks for being on the show this week. Thank you very much. What can I say about Clive Morgan? Well, he's the race director for the Cross Country Nationals while it's in Kingston, which means he's been one busy person for the past few months. Luckily for us, Clive took a second to chat with us about the big meet. So the big national championships uh, in, you know, about a week's time from, from the release of this podcast, uh, you know, how are things going on the side of, uh, you know, the, the studs, the, the top senior performers? How, how are those looking so far? Right now... Um, it's hard to say. There is, I think, in total between senior men and women, there's about maybe 40 athletes registered. I think it's about 13 women and about 26 guys. So, I mean, I know there's going to be more coming. The Laval team, uh, none of those athletes have registered yet. There's nobody registered from Speed River. Um, Harbor Track has a good team registered. 
Uh, physical doesn't have a team registered yet. And this is all on the men's side. On the women's side, there aren't enough athletes from any team to make up a team yet. So I know they're coming. I mean, I know the physical women are coming back, hoping to defend. I know that there'll be teams from London Runner, uh, University of Toronto, I'm assuming Calgary, given the results at, uh, at CIs or U Sports, the, the women's race recently. Um, Claire Sumner and Emma Clark, I think, are both from the same club in Calgary, and they went 1-2 at that race. So I'm expecting they'll have a pretty good team. So um, I think we're going to see very much similar to what we saw last year in terms of, of uh, depth of competition and some, some good teams. In fact, I think the depth of competition might even be better this year. Um, we know we have Matt Hughes coming. He's not going to be on anybody's team, but he is certainly going to be someone to watch for the, uh, for the overall title in the men's race. Uh, I know Ross is coming back to defend his title, but he's not going to, he's not going to get that handed to him. It's going to be a tough fight for him again. Well, I saw a poster the other day, and I believe it was it was Ross, it was CPT, and I believe I think Rachel Hanna was also on that on that uh, poster as well too. Um, one noticeable name that was missing uh, was of course Natasha Wodak. Um, she has made it quite clear that she will not be at this event. Um, how are you guys dealing with uh, I guess this controversy? You could say. Uh, I, I fully understand where uh, Natasha finds herself. I mean, I feel bad for her because I always like to see uh, athletes, especially um, winning athletes, come back to, to, to defend their title and give other athletes essentially a chance to take it away from them. Um, so I'm, I'm sad to see that Natasha's not coming back. Uh, um, you know, I, I think Natasha is also sad not to be coming back. I know she likes racing cross. Um, hopefully, you know, whatever this, uh, um, the basis for this dispute, um, she has with AC can get ironed out, uh, or at least, um, somewhat rectified in the next year and, and we'll have her back next year. Cause we do have this for, for two more years. So, you know, that said, I mean, that she is the defending champion. She won't be here, but I can pretty much guarantee you all of the women that were behind her last year being Rachel Hannah, Leslie Sex, and Sasha Gallish, Rachel Cliff. Oh man, I could keep going. Uh, Cleo Boyd, Julianne Staley, they're all going to be back. So um, yes, we're missing one big name, but we're still going to have uh, have some great depth to the competition there. So I feel bad for Natasha, but uh, um, you know that that that's her stand. And uh, you know, like I say I I understand where she's coming from, but. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. That's the way it ended up. One thing that the the Kingston races are known for is is that fantastic course that you have uh, up there on the hill. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, what makes that that course so special and so memorable amongst uh, the people who run on it? Well, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's what I like to call a true cross country course in that it it's run entirely on grass. It's uh, it's a rolling, winding course. Uh, I mean, there's. There's a couple of, of decent little hills in it, especially if you're running the two and a half K loop. Um, the back section's got a, a nice little hill on it and some rolling sections. And the, the senior men and women will both be running that course this year. They'll be doing four times uh, two and a half K. And then just the way the course is designed, looping back in on itself and then back out. Um, every time the athletes go around, there's four or five uh, great vantage points that you can see them go by during the race and a lot of the races from the start finish area, you can see a lot of the race anyway, the exception of the very back section of the two and a half K loop. So it's, it's super, super spectator friendly. And I think 
I think that uh, helped last year with uh, the live feed that uh, Athletics Canada set up with with Runner Space. So a lot of people that I talked to who watched the the live feed at the time or watched the videos afterwards and uh, and saw the coverage of this course. And it was great coverage last year. And that was, I know I'm digressing here a bit, but uh, that was with two cameras out on the course. This year, Runner Space is planning on having eight cameras on the course. So I think the coverage is going to be stunning. But a lot of people watched it and saw what the, the course was like and what the uh, competition was like. And there's so many people who have said to me, oh, that was so good to watch. And then the next thing they say is, I'm not watching that this year. I'm coming to race. So I'm I'm thinking, uh, you know, again, just to having a great course like that to be able to uh, to offer to the athletes. Um, you know, it, it makes for great competition. It attracted some stellar fields last year. And I think we're going to see a repeat with possibly even better fields this year. We'll find out in a week and a half. One one thing is is that you are the the race director of the cross country nationals and uh, and actually I was I was given some some very good intel that you were mowing the grass on the course last year which is is not something <laughs> that you you think of when you think of race directors is there is there any other weird kind of strange things that uh, that you have to do as a, as a cross country race director? Oh, I think as a race director in general, there's there's all sorts of weird little things you have to do, or at least there's all sorts of little things that that you should be should do or should be done. I mean, it's it's one of the things that I like to uh, to take some pride in is that we we like to think that we have all aspects of the race covered and and so you know we've we've been putting on races up at the Fort Henry course for at least a decade or longer. We've got a lot of experience there, but we had to uh, to modify things a little bit for nationals and and one of them is um, the the design layout of the start area. Um, we knew we were going to have some pretty big fields. I think the the youth women's field last year was slightly over 200 athletes. And the way the existing course was laid out, the start area wasn't wide enough. So um, the uh, people at CFB Kingston do a great job of maintaining the cross-country course. Throughout the summer, they mow the course up there. You can, for anybody who uh, is coming down to race or wants to come next year to race, that course is open year-round up there, and you can go up and run on it, but they only do uh, essentially the four meter wide path for the entire course. They don't really do the start area. So um, I knew this last year and again this year. So I uh, I loaded my riding lawnmower in the back of our trailer and went down there last weekend and the course is set to go now. It's, it's fully mowed too. It's about, I think, somewhere between 50 and 60 meters wide at the start. And then that funnels down to where it's four meters wide at about uh, about 250 meters in and then um, be back into the existing course. So there's, like I say, there's lots of little things that, that, that you need to do that just happened to be one of them and it's done. So now I'm going to move on to all the other little things. <laughs> well, it's, it's the middle of November right now. And, uh, and the fact that you mowed the grass just kind of, kind of says to how warm it's been this year. I remember last year it was, it was a little bit nippy. It was a, it was a little bit chilly. Um, have, have you started looking at the weather? What, what's that supposed to be like? Yeah, I pay attention to that. Uh, man, I started looking at the farmer's almanac in August to see what it was like. Um, and then I've been paying more attention to it. Unfortunately, it's one thing that I can do nothing about. Um, as I've said to a lot of people, when, you, when you're when you up there in the course, uh, looking out over 
the the bay and RMC down in front of you, and then downtown Kingston and Lake Ontario. I mean, it's a beautiful sight. And then you look across to Wolf Island, and there's a whole bunch of wind turbines over there. And there's a reason they put those wind turbines there. Kingston is the freshwater sailing capital of the world because it's usually windy here. Um, last year it was quite windy. I mean, that that uh, wreaked a little bit of havoc with with some of our tents. Um, I, this year, what's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, so far this fall has been stellar. Is it going to hold out for another week and a half? I don't know. I, I just hope we don't get as much rain as we got last year on the day before. The day of the race was actually pretty good, uh, but the day before it, it was pretty miserable, and that uh, that created some problems for us. So um, right now it looks pretty promising. It, uh, I think it'll be somewhere around about four to six degrees above zero. Um, there will probably be a bit of a breeze, but uh, as I say, we'll we'll deal with that on race day. I don't trust long-range forecasts <laughs> anyway, but I do keep an eye on them. Well, you mentioned all those uh, all those well-known Kingston landmarks uh, in, in that last answer. Um, on Tracky this week, I posted an article on the the reasons why you should go to Kingston and uh, take in this wonderful event. Did did I miss anything? Is there anything more to do in in Kingston for for the people coming out of town? Um, no, I mean, you know, you touched on the Ford. A lot of the the things in Kingston are built around uh, summer tourism industry. It's one of the reasons that uh, when we pitched this idea to the local hotel association and the, the tourism board, they were really keen because they said, you know, in, in Kingston, especially in the fall, uh, you know, after the summer season and, and wedding season is winding down and before the Christmas season, there is not a lot going on here. But um, you know, Kingston's got a pretty vibrant downtown. There's lots of great uh, ethnic restaurants in that down there, great stores. Uh, the hotels, a lot of the hotels are, are right in the downtown area. We are using a hotel a little bit further away as the Meat Hotel this year, the Ambassador. But we're offering a shuttle from there to the race course on the Friday and the Saturday as well. So, um, no, it's just uh, there's, it's a pretty compact uh, situation in terms of the restaurants, the hotels, and the race site, it's all pretty close together. So, and I think, again, judging by the number of cars that were in the parking lot at Fort Henry and parked alongside the, the hill on the parking lot uh, um, down at, uh, at at the base last year, there were a lot of people that, that came to town to either participate in or to, to watch these races. And we're looking forward to having them all return again on the 26th. Not to give away too much if you haven't read the article, um, but I have to know, have you ever had the Mapledale Caribbean cheddar cheese? No, I saw that, and I was trying to figure out where that was. I guess, is that somewhere down in, in Prince Edward County? or um, It's it's kind of uh, north of the 401 in the Belleville area. It's uh, okay. It's it's somewhere I have to so stop personally. So that's like getting up towards like Ivanhoe or somewhere like that? I don't know who makes that cheese. No, I saw your post on that, and I did not know where that was. Oh, it's fantastic! It's you'll, it's it's probably the best cheese. You'll have to bring some cheese. with you. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll have to try and convince my ride on the way up that uh, that we need to stop there because okay. it's it's a fantastic cheese, cheese. This is this is what I'm expecting from you, Michael. Cheese and apple cider. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I'll I'll see what I can do for you. Okay. 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 One thing that I thought was kind of interesting is uh, the return of the prizes this year for uh, for the team. Uh, I'd I'd really like you to uh, to elaborate on that because I think it's it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, no, that's huge. That was uh, the people at uh, the Ottawa Race Weekend run Ottawa. Um, John Halverson is the president there, and they they stepped in last year. Um, it was kind of last minute, so uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, sort of uh, promotion of it ahead of time, and I think most people did hear about it, and certainly once we, we put the news out, the tweets started flying around, but they have very generously offered to provide a cash prize to the winning uh, teams in the senior men and the senior women's race. So uh, four runners to score, and uh, um, they're providing $2,000 cash to each team, to the men and the women. So again, this is from, from Ottawa Race Weekend, and that, you know, there was a lot of interest in the senior races anyway, but that just kind of ratcheted it up a little bit more. Um, last year, Speed River took home the prize for the men's team, and uh, local host club Physicult, uh, their women took home the prize for, for that race. Um, I fully expect those teams to be back to defend, but I, I fully expect them to have some, some pretty heavy competition. Speed River is probably going to encounter some pretty solid competition from Laval this year. Um, Physicult, yeah, they'll be, again, from London Runner, from UTTC, from uh, Calgary, and who knows who else. But uh, it just adds a, another neat little element of drama to it. And, uh, yeah, we're very thankful to to the people at, uh, at Run Ottawa for stepping up and doing that. November 26 is the uh, Canadian cross-country nationals happening up, in, happening up in Kingston. You can follow them on Twitter at XC Nationals. Uh, you mentioned briefly the, the accommodations. Have you, uh, have you called around what... Uh, what are accommodations looking like for that weekend? Are hotels filling up pretty quickly? Um, I know that the the hotel we used is the Meat Hotel last year, the Holiday Inn Waterfront, which is very close to the race site. Um, they're pretty much sold out. I know last year on race weekend, the four main hotels in downtown Kingston were sold out, and I think they're getting pretty close to that again. The Ambassador um, still has rooms. Uh, they gave us a great rate. Uh, they're a little bit further away, but uh, honestly, in Kingston, nothing is that far away. So um, I know uh, the hotels really appreciated the business last year. They're, the Hotel Association is a big sponsor of the event as well, and uh, they're backing us for four years as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like I say, I know the Holiday Inn is pretty much sold out. I haven't talked to the other three ones downtown, and I know the Ambassador does still have rooms left and uh yeah there's information on our website about uh there's links there to all the registrations for the hotels and that if anybody's interested that's at uh www.xcnationals.ca one thing that uh that you've mentioned a lot of is is a lot of community support um so i think that it's it's not too far out seeing that there is a community race going on why do you think it's it's important to have things like the community race and and things to you know support the, the people of kingston well, we put the community race in because there's a lot of people that uh, local runners are people in and around the area um, who are interested in coming out to watch the race and possibly participating in it. But they may not be members of a club that's affiliated with uh, Athletics Canada. They may not have a membership themselves. And when they find out that it's, you know, anywhere from 50 plus dollars to get a membership uh, with uh, Athletics Canada through their local branch, and then there's the entry fee for the race on top. Uh, you know that would probably be the only AC-sanctioned race that they would do all year. You're looking at possibly paying sort of 80 to 
hundred plus dollars to do one race and they kind of balk at that. So we put the community race in there. So they have the option of running the exact same course that, uh, that all of the championship races are run on, but at a, at a really reasonable fee of $25 to do that. And then also um, in the championship races, they start at the youth or the U18, they're calling it this year. So there's youth, uh, junior, senior, and then the master's competition. So there's, there's people who come who are parents of athletes who aren't uh, necessarily competitive and don't want to run the master's event. And then there's younger kids who are not old enough to compete in the youth event. They, they are um, um, cross-country runners. They're just, they're just too young. So this gives them an option to go into this race as well. And like I said, last year we had about, I think, 75 people in the, the two community races combined. There's a 2.5K and a 5K race. And there's been a lot of interest in that this year. So I think the numbers are going to jump up there. So it just gives literally there's an opportunity for anybody uh, that wants to come to to participate, whether it's, you know, you want to throw yourself into one of the championship races. Certainly the championship races are going to be competitive. That said, the community races are not non-competitive. I mean, the, the community um, 5K, I think the male winner last year was just over 17 minutes. So. Um, it's not like it's not a competitive race, but it's certainly not as competitive as the uh, the championship races. And and it's an option for anybody that wants to come and uh, and and see what it's like to run on that course. So, as of the the release date of this podcast, which is uh, November eighteenth, um, time is is definitely winding down as far as registration goes. But uh, maybe throw there one more time. Uh, some of the registration details. Uh, you know, if anyone's just thinking last minute that they that they want to jump into the race. Okay, well, the registration for all events can be found um, on uh, Athletics Canada site. They set up and, and track you. So for the championship events, and they can also find links to to that from our site. For the championship events, the deadline for the registration is next Monday, which I think is the twenty first, and I think the cutoff is. 5 p.m. Um, I may be wrong on that. It may, it may be a little bit earlier. Um, for the community races, we're leaving the online registration open until midnight Thursday. And then we are actually going to accept uh, registrations on the Friday uh, at the um, packet pickup at the Ambassador Hotel, or we will accept registrations race day. Race day is going to cost you $30 in cash only. Um, so, you know, your best bet is to, uh, to sign up online, but that'll be open till Thursday night. And then, yeah, so after Monday, the championship races are closed. And if anyone's missed out, um, they have to deal with Athletics Canada to try and get in. And it's not easy at that point. So <laughs> best thing I can say is if you're thinking of coming, register now. One more thing. Um, the, uh, there was a real hack of an announcer last year uh, on, on the course. Anything that you could do about him? Um, which one are you talking about? <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the younger looking guy, the younger looking guy. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? I was very pleased with the, uh, the announcers we had on site last year. Um, we actually had three announcers working. I had one fellow doing a bit of uh, translocation to get some of the, uh, um, more, um, prominent announcements made in French, uh, as well. And, uh, no, Michael and, uh, and Kevin did an awesome job last year and they're both coming back again. 
this year. So no, I have no complaints about them. They were they were good. So yeah. Well, all good. you are far far too kind, Clive. Uh, far too kind. <laughs> um, you can find them on Twitter at XC Nationals. Um, it's happening November twenty sixth uh, at the Fort Henry at the historic Fort Henry course. Uh, always a great time. I highly encourage anyone listening to this podcast to uh, to definitely go check that out. And you know, thanks a lot for for being on the show today, Clive. Oh no problem. Thank you for. Uh for letting me talk about it. Uh, I'm always glad to do that. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, Clive, Julianne, Steve, and Ross, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support, and to you for listening. If you want to find us online, we're on Twitter, at the Terminal Mile. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and, of course, tracky.ca. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Music